Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. I'm back today with another episode with Alan Aragon. Alan is a nutrition researcher and educator with over 30 years of success in the field. He is known as one of the most influential figures in the fitness industry's movement towards evidence-based information. And Alan's book, Flexible Dieting, to me, is a must-have for anyone seeking to step up their nutrition game. It's the perfect balance of hardcore science and practical application, and it's a go-to text for me. Today, Alan and I discuss nutrition non-negotiables, and what he says may surprise you. We discuss why you should focus on eating your favorite healthy foods and how that leads to long-term dietary compliance. Alan breaks down the food groups you should focus on, the efficacy of using multivitamins, and why you need to individualize your macronutrient profile. This is another super practical discussion with Alan that will be immediate value add for those focusing on the nutrition pillar for building adaptive capacity. But before we get started, if you want to improve your overall health, well-being, and performance, I invite you to check out my newsletter, Adaptation. Every Friday, I'll send you actionable tips for your mind, body, and recovery, from new scientific findings to practical insights and helpful resources I've curated as a performance practitioner. This newsletter is for busy people looking to unlock their performance potential. So sign up now by clicking the link in the show notes. All right, now for my conversation with Alan. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Alan, are there any non-negotiables when it comes to healthy eating? Non-negotiables with healthy eating boil down to making sure that you're eating the foods that you personally prefer. Ideally, you would strictly be eating the foods that you like or, or even love and then just not bothering with the foods that you don't like or trying to force yourself to eat foods that you don't like because a healthy diet has to be sustainable in the long term. Like I'm talking like long term as in not just a, like a few weeks or a few months of, of some randomized control trial. I'm talking about lifetime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, so you have to eat the foods that you like. And then people say, well, what if I only like pizza and burgers and, and ice cream? Yeah. And I say, well, then you have a bit of a problem, sir. <laughs> mm. uh, but here's the th- what I say eat the foods that you like. I mean, eat the foods that you like within each of the food groups. So choose your favorite foods within across the food groups and, and choose a diversity of them within the food groups as well. And the food groups conversation is a, is a whole other thing, but it, I'll just diverge into it just for a sec. There's meat, fat, fibrous vegetables, starches, milk, and fruit. So those are your six food groups and eat your favorite foods within them. And there are little nuances we can get into like, okay, within the protein group, hopefully you're choosing some sort of marine fat in there, or at least supplementing with it if you want to optimize health. And then we can go down the list with each of the food groups with those things, but let's do it. Let's kind of hit those really quick. Okay, cool, cool. So with the meat group, we're talking about the, the protein rich foods. Vegans have a little finagling to, to do within that group because they're going to be depending on, well, what would normally be in the starch group because they're starch dominant, which are your legumes and beans and such beans, peas, that sort of thing. So um, within the meat group, let's say we're not talking about vegans. Let's shove my vegan friends aside for a minute and they don't mind that because they're a little crazy anyway. So um, (laughs) they're brilliant, but they're crazy. My vegan friends. So with the meats, ideally choose your favorite land animal. 
animal flesh. Choose your favorite sea animal flesh. <laughs> Rotate them through the week. That's really the long and the short of it, honestly. Protein powder is a great option within that meat group. There's some crossover there as far as the dairy options that are now kind of engineered towards being a little more of a protein situation than a dairy situation, but we'll get to that with the dairy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the fat group with the fat group, choo choose your favorite fat sources. Honestly, I'm not big on, on slathering butter all over everything in your diet, but then if you did that, you would be violating a reasonable caloric intake anyway. So mm -hmm. if you, if you love butter, fine, include it in your diet, eat it judiciously, but Hey, if, if you love peanut butter, great. Have that too. Like any kind of nuts, choose your favorite kind of nuts, if you like avocados and eat that. If you like seeds, eat those. If you like sesame seed oil, have that. And so, yeah, choose your favorite fats. And then now we're in the fibrous vegetable category. Choose your favorite fibrous vegetables. Some people hate broccoli. Okay. You don't have to eat broccoli. Some people hate asparagus. Okay. You don't have to eat asparagus. I personally love arugula or rocket as it's called. In, in yeah. So I freaking love that. I pound the hell out of that. Um, some people love spinach. Some people hate it. Uh, some people love romaine or some people love iceberg and it on down the line, the non-starchy vegetables can span into like even onions and tomatoes and stuff like that. Just have your favorites. I try to encourage folks to choose at least three different types of foods per food group to mm -hmm. not necessarily have one in the course of a day. Sometimes it's hard to do that, but at least rotate through the course of the week so you can cover a wider spectrum of foods and thus a wider spectrum of nutrition by the end of the mm -hmm. week. Okay. So now we're at, uh, at the starch group. So starches, it's kind of the umbrella of starches would include grains, legumes, and tubers. Grains are kind of a double-edged sword because there's a lot of grain products that are just passed off as wholesome and healthy whole grain, but then, you know, it's just a bunch of flour with a little, little bit of the, the grain matter sprinkled on oh, whatever. I'm, I'm not anti-grain, but I've also worked with a lot of clients who find it problematic to fit in flour foods judiciously into the diet. Mm -hmm. But hey, if you love bread, just know that, you know, when, when you have bread with a bunch of butter and with a bunch of other stuff, then it can be easy to passively overeat. Very just aware, dense. Yes, just be aware of that. So if you love bread, fine, have bread in the diet. Okay, so we're at legumes. Legumes, beans, they take preparation. They take a little bit of mental preparation after you're done eating them, <laughs> especially if you, you know, <laughs> especially if you don't digest them too well. There, there's a ton of literature on the health benefits of legumes. Like just it's it's a never-ending sea of literature on the health benefits of legumes, which is when the paleo diet came out. I was like, oh man, this diet is really, really losing the plot here as far as their no legumes thing. Because it, it's it runs completely contrary to the literature, but Hey, you know, if you like legumes, have legumes. Okay. So the third subcategory is tubers and that would be your potatoes, yams, those sort of things. I love sweet potatoes. Yes. Sweet potatoes are amazing. I love them. And so, yeah, within that starch group, you've got the, um, grains, legumes, tubers have your favorite among those things. And if you don't like legumes, you don't have to have legumes. Just yeah. have some grains and some freaking tubers if you don't like. And, and so, you know, any permutations therein, just try to have your favorite of that stuff. So now we're on to the milk group, as people call it, dairy. 
But milk and milk products, have what you like. If you like milk, have milk. If you like cheese, have cheese. If you like yogurt, have yogurt. If you like them all, have them all. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we're at fruits. You don't have to discriminate about what fruit you should have. Some people nitpick about, okay, it's got to be low glycemic fruits, got to be berries. You got to kick out bananas. And No, man, get over yourself for one second. Have the fruits that you like. If you like bananas, Mm -hmm. have bananas. If you like bananas, oranges, and apples, have all three. Uh, I would just encourage like per food group, try to get at least two different types. I I would rather say three, but sometimes that's pushing it for people. Try to have two to three different types of foods across the food groups and stick with the ones that you love. And so, um, yeah, I love this because personally, I kind of am a creature habit just because of my work schedule. Mm -hmm. So every Sunday I put, I bake bunch of a roast a bunch of vegetables oh, like cool. four or five different types of vegetables put them in a little container have some meat ready and that's my lunch every day and that's fine oh, with awesome. me you know but mm-hmm. like it's what i enjoy i you know there's some vegetables i'm just not going to branch out on but like i'm getting mm-hmm. these five or six different colors mixed in and i think this is kind of freeing for people because it's that not all or nothing mindset but you're also like hey you also need to get these different categories in what yes. about people that aren't like dairy intolerant. Is that a real, is that a problem? They just have to work around it make sure that they have other dietary calcium sources in there and, or supplement with calcium. But then there's a little bit of a controversy there with calcium supplementation and calcification of the arteries that, 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 uh, scientists are trying to figure out <laughs> where's the trade-off here. You know, do we not supplement with calcium and risk, uh, long-term compromise in, in bone integrity or, do we supplement or with calcium? You just go lift some weights. Go lift some weights. I'm just, that, that, I'm it's just, similar to a calcium supplement, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, if you can't have you dairy, dairy building blocks. Yeah. My vegan friends will just, you know, trash the whole dairy food group altogether. But yeah. I would have to default to, mm, you can't always just supplement everything that you think is within the food matrix and how the compounds and the nutrients work together. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there, there's a, a bunch of other ways to get calcium into the diet if you don't consume dairy, but you're not going to be getting that awesome combination of muscle and bone building nutrition all in a one-stop shop. If you kick dairy out, let me ask you this as a follow up. Do you use a multivitamin? I do. I, t- in fact, I take two, <laughs> okay. two different ones. Yeah. Hell yeah. Which ones do you use? The- I'm just curious. Sure. Sure. Let, let me preface that by saying, yeah, there's a faction of people who poo poo the multivitamin thing. They just write it off mm-hmm. and say, it's not necessary. It's a, it's a waste or, or a less accurate. It's dangerous. It's risky. Well, first of all, multivitamins have negligible health risk, unless you you're getting some really fringe ones that really load up on individual nutrients that are not water soluble. Mm-hmm. And you know, those, those products are out there, but if you just get a moderately dose full spectrum multi, then the risk is, I mean, you have a greater risk, like getting out of bed and, you know, walking to the fridge than, than you have taking the multivitamin. So the ones that I take, I, I take the Kirkland signature brand, the, the mm-hmm. regular one. And then there's actually an old guy, Kirkland signature brand. I think it's, uh, I forgot what it's called. I think they euphemize it by saying mature or something like that. And so I t- those, those are, are the two that I take because the mature one does not have iron. So I don't want to mm. double up on the iron, but I surely don't mind doubling up on everything else. 
And when you think about it this way, when, when, when people are put on liquid diets or when people are put on medically supervised fasts, it is freaking mandatory to get them on a multivitamin because they simply mm-hmm. are not getting the spectrum of essential micronutrition. Now, the majority of the general population eats like crap. They certainly don't eat like how you and I just discussed covering the spectrum of food groups, let alone getting a diversity of foods within the food groups. And so mm-hmm. there are always going to be micronutrient shortcomings. Now, the problem with the, the human organism is that we can survive and subsist and limp along through life with a ton of shortcomings micronutritionally. Mm-hmm. Why, why do that? So yeah, I, I, I li- literally, and, and people are, are really, their heads are going to explode over this, but yeah, I, I take two multivitamins because multivitamins are commonly underdosed in a range of the micronutrients. And when you take two, yeah. they generally add up just, you know, right there where, where you need to be. But even then one a day multivitamins are underdosed commonly in things like D3 and magnesium. And, and so I take, I take those separately. Otherwise the, the multivitamins would either need to be a multi-pack or just be the size of a horse pill, which wouldn't be feasible. So I, I take those two multis. I, I take D3, I take magnesium, I take fish oil uh, and I take creatine. I think that's about it. That's pretty much exactly what I take as well. I take two grams of fish oil a day, five gram creatine. I use a multivitamin and I use an electrolyte and then the extra magnesium. And that's kind of it for me. Ah, um, you're in the club. You're in the club. Good job. I'm in the club. Pro, I should say I also use collagen. I'll mix I, that I do, in. I take collagen too, dude. I forgot about that. I, I take collagen too. Yeah, collagen. And that's kind of, I mean, I'm not really, I've actually tempered things way down over the years. Cause I'm like, look, I try to get as much as I can from my food, but there's certain things I know that I need to supplement. And there's certain things that the literature is like, look, your grandma should take creatine. It's that good for you. The literature is yeah. so strong. When, yeah. you know, the things we know about magnesium now, I, I know that I think feel like when I'm adding a little bit of electrolytes, cause I exercise quite a bit and I'm in a hot humid environment. It really helps out, but this is phenomenal. So the non-negotiables Eat your favorite foods, make sure they're Eat in the food groups foods. and consider a multi- multivitamin as an add-on, but hit those first things first. Was that a good summary? I would say I would add to that. Another non-negotiable is you have to individualize the macronutrient breakdown of your, your diet to what you prefer and what works best with your, you know, your personal preferences and your goals. So that has to be individualized. There's no one size fits all. There's no everybody's got to be on keto. There's no, everybody's got to be on high carb, low fat. You have to find out what you prefer and what works best for your goals and, and go with that. So individualizing the macronutrient breakdown is a non-negotiable as well. I think that sounds like something we're going to have to come back and talk about in the future. (laughs) Thanks again for listening to the blueprint podcast. If you found today's podcast useful, please take a picture of the podcast art and share it on social media. Make sure to tag Alan and I with what you learned or questions you may have. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you on the next episode.